Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 21st. This is our very special episode 49, and I'm Tony. And I'm Dennis, and we're joined here with Nick, the Nick, from Nick's North American Pinball Tour. I hope I said the entire tour's name correctly, Nick. Is it... I didn't even hear. I'm sorry. I was looking at the list of EMs that we're going to talk about. <laughs> well, uh, that's really why we're here. But yes. if you, I figured normally we start with our introductions, and I thought this would be a good segment. I have nothing new to report because we had a podcast two days ago. Yeah, but, I haven't done anything. But I worked. you might have some information to tell us about just sort of what you've been doing going around with the EMs, at least on the most recent leg of your tour. Yes, the uh, the of course the huge fifteen thousand mile loop was completed uh, in the middle end of July. Uh, but we're, we're, I'm still doing little smaller loops um, to uh, areas like Chicago, and most recently out to Roanoke, and then uh, Virginia, and then now now I'm back in Kansas City. And this is this isn't really a part. Of, I'm not I'm not uh, fixing any games at this on this particular run. This I was dropping off a game to a collector, picking up another, doing little playfield swaps, that kind of stuff. This is just a maintenance run. But we're, I'm I'm going to be doing little little runs here and there and um but there will be a announcement that will be made in late march during this episode breaking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no no after tpf not. after tpf oh. uh, I, I do have a, a plan in the works that's uh it's very interesting and 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 um I, I like how your idea of just short little trips include things like Roanoke Virginia yeah that's because, only you know, that's just that's that, that's right outside the door i just I walk. I walk there every day. That's how I do it. <laughs> well, you know, Texans drive a lot. And, you know, and like my Scottish friend said, um, you know, his mom was trying to buy a ticket to, to Texas. And she's like, oh, you can just book me anywhere in Texas. He's like, no, no, you can drive all day and be in the same state. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to work. So, um, yeah, it's fine. 2,000 miles is nothing compared to 15. So, I'm been broken in. Pinball driving. Well, we're here to talk about what is commonly referred to as EM pinball, or what's, for those not familiar with the jargon, that'd be electromechanical, so pre-electronic, post-electric. The EM era is pretty broad, and I know you don't want to go all the way back to the pre-war era, pre-flipper era, or perhaps even the wood rail era, so uh, in terms of interest, just what type, what EM era is of interest to you what, what do you think is the most exciting that was coming out of you well i think we'll keep it you know we'll keep it casual while we're all here um and, and yeah we wood rails and pre-war machines are a lot of fun they're really interesting they have a lot of history to them but i think for what most people kind of want to i think we should do like a more high level approach and what people are most likely going to have and play and kind of relate to and that's probably right around the 1960 and up right after okay. the wood rails up until the transition point in solid state so we'll just kind of keep it there and focus on the three big manufacturers you know Gottlieb, Valley, and Williams. And let's go ahead and start off then by by what distinguishes these companies obviously they're different companies but what what sets them apart and I well, well, I know we'll explore this in more depth later but when I've met a lot of people who are really big into EMs uh, you possibly as an exception, they have broadly been, dis- could be described as Gottlieb fanboys and girls, but it's mostly boys and it's mostly Gottlieb. And so I think that might be a good manufacturer to sort of start with, but obviously they had different designers. Each, each company usually had a couple main ones, it seems, mm-hmm. but what distinguishes all these companies apart from one another? Right? And I think you might be better to answer this than someone like me 
beyond the fact that you have more knowledge in EMs in general, but also that you know from working on them some of the mechanical differences behind the play field that uh, that we're in. Well, we'll just have to make our way through the weeds on this one. Oh my <laughs> gosh, there's so much to consider. Um, Gottlieb um, is, of course, the most popular because they were dominant, you know, right up until Valley's, I'd say, Wizard in 1975 was the game that Valley said... Uh, We'll be taking over now. Thank you very much. It was a nice run. But before then, Gottlieb was completely dominant and in the EM era. So Gottlieb, let's see. how I mean, to categorize, you know, this is going to invite probably some hate hate mail. EclecticGamersPodcast yeah. at gmail.com. All hate mail will be directed to Tony. Yep, that's my job. I get the hate. So, see, Gottlieb, I like to classify. Gottlieb is really, I'd say, their primary... Focus was, you know, artwork and just finesse. You know, they're the big G, the Gottlieb. It's almost like it can almost be glamour, G for glamour. The Gottlieb glamour, that's what kind of pulls you in. You know, their artwork was uh, first rate. You know, they had uh, this beautiful back box animation. You know, the playfield artwork was fantastic. Their chimes were the most melodious. You know, they had the, the tune chime boxes that just, they sound the most harmonic, pretty. Their milk, their uh, their mechs are very silky. You know, the flippers are just very. They just have a refined feel to them. Everything about it is just just a just a pleasure to interact with most people who are EM fans. Um, I'd say maybe in their early fifties and up when they were in the arcades, that Gottlieb was the most popular manufacturer. So there's some nostalgia there as well, right? And we see that in, in the solid state era as a, as a big driving force behind what some people think of and still think of as maybe the best manufacturer. And we won't, we won't go into that in this episode. <laughs> but, uh, so now so far, I don't think you're going to generate a lot of hate mail because everything you've said about Gottlieb was pretty praising, pretty praiseworthy. Oh, sure. Good, yeah, good yeah. art, good sound. You mm-hmm. even gave, even through the Mexabone, which I wasn't sure you would or wouldn't. Well, they, they do, uh, well, that's the thing. Now, uh, as far as the player's perspective is concerned, the mechs are very refined and silky and wonderful. Under the hood there, of the big three, the, probably the most fussy, I'd have to say, to deal with. They require an extra amount of finessing and work, and um, each manufacturer had their strengths and weaknesses, but of the big three, Gottlieb is the, uh, let's relate it to 80s cars. If you were a kid in the 80s, you bought a Bally Williams, then you probably bought like a Mustang. You know, you probably had a car like that. But, but if you bought a Gottlieb, you'd be more of an Alfa Romeo, Fiat kind <laughs> of, you know, cool car, but a little more time working on them to get them. Okay. Um, what would you, what would you highlight with, uh, regarding Williams, which I think is often the least talked about of the EMs, uh, at least in my experience. Yeah. It's, it's a shame because, because Williams, uh, EMs are really, fantastic they made a lot of really terrific games especially right towards the end of the em era um they had some just really terrific multiplayers and just um but you know with williams um the artwork is probably the weakest of them and also their sound is the weakest you know their little clanky chimes you know have that real you know clunkety clunkety uh, sound by uh when i had skylab i'm a it's chimes were not a high point, right? Unfortunately, they, well, that's and that's right. kind of the sad thing because chimes are one of the things that really still make EMs 
kind of different and really pop. And one of the things I really enjoy, it's like when we go to TPF, when you get up with a whole bunch of games with the chimes going at the same time, that gives you the kind of feel more than uh, modern pinballs do when you're playing as, hey, there's a whole bunch of pinball machines here. Those chimes, the chimes kind of make it all. It, It gives you the aura and the kind of worldly feel of it. I think, Tony, that's a really good point, because I would say that in all of pinball, that audio is the most important of the five senses, you know. If, so maybe it's four senses, because, you know, if a coil burns, then you can smell, you know. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, of, of the three, taste in the pinball. Exactly. But of the three <laughs> senses, I think uh, sound is the most important, because it rattles around in your imagination, and there's just some sort of physical connection that it makes between your brain and your body and i think of the the 70s era williams do seem to be known at least uh, maybe because the production numbers were higher but I, i'm just thinking of a lot of people are familiar with things like space mission grand prix mm-hmm. uh, spanish eyes yes maybe yes. maybe more for its horrid artwork than anything else <laughs> but, but uh, you know so it it did start to get some attention but i've always had a sense nick that you're more of a bally fan well, actually, I like all three, and really, yeah. See, here's the which is better, which is I like all three. In fact, I like you know even Sonic. And, I, you know, I dared more. not ask which is better. Right, <laughs> we'll, we'll no, figure it out by your tone. Thank you. There, well, there's no definitive better. There's just better things about different things, you know, elements. But yeah, if I had to pick one sort of comp, ah, forget it. I'm not even going to answer that. I'm just going to say I like different things about the companies. Uh, Bally, though, is probably my favorite just because if I had to pick one pinball company for all time, both EM mm. and Solid State era, it would just be Bally because I thought they have just the most games that I like, you know. But, uh, you know, it's for me, it's Bally Williams are kind of the up there, and then Gottlieb is third, I think, to those two. For me personally, and I'm sorry, the fans <laughs> really, really like them. I know they're really cool. I love my 2001. It's a terrific game. Um, and I do have some Gottliebs I really like. But in general, if you line them all up, you'll find that the Gottliebs do have a, a quaintness about them that, to me, is in this modern age, a little doesn't quite keep up as well as the other two. I won't be sending in hate mail because I'm the one who has to read it. But uh, what, I, what I'd like to explore actually is, the because I think you've led into it really well, is what do you think of as the broad, broadly speaking, the play styles that EM games come in, the flavors? I, I think those of us, you know, we mostly talk solid state as most of the podcasts that cover pinball do. And in there, there are generally two types of so the point and shoot games and then the flow game. So that's what everyone talks about nowadays. It's like, oh, this is a really, this is a flow. And flow is always the big focus now. But there are a few that are like, oh, yeah, point and shoot. I like, I like those. That's what Street Fighter 2 is. For the three people who like Street Fighter 2, <laughs> the pinball machine, it's about, oh, well, it's a shooter's game. It's a shooter's game. But EMs, they were more experimental, I would say, in their layouts overall. I and mean, a lot of that was probably just people hadn't figured out just exactly what felt great. Anyway. That's my lead-in, but what would so what would you say are, are broadly street speaking are the play styles that we see in this sort of '60s and beyond of EM? Well, it, it may, and maybe that is similar to the solid states. There's it's kind of a three-legged table. You've got your your nudge um, lane chasing kind of game. so it's like if you're chasing lanes and it's a nudgy kind of game. That's that's one style. Another style is the target shooters. I guess you can call it point and shoot. I call them target shooters. And the third is circular flow, and I guess that's also flow, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's well, three, but maybe know. someday there'll be square flow, but I, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. But there's certainly no nudging in the solid state. 
kind of games. I mean, maybe the Savior Ball, but certainly right, not, right. not a, like a play style. Not a, yeah, not as a primary survival thing. Not really. Um, that's so, good because I don't yeah. like it. Yeah, it's the this, and that's a lot of Gottlieb games are are lane chasers. They're very much like rollovers, roll over the lanes, collect them all. There's a certain um, OCD um, characteristic to a lot of these older Gottliebs where the point isn't so much to get a high score, or, but to kind of light up all of the elements, all the cards or all the pool balls or all the things, and you can earn specials. And that's done usually by like rolling over targets or, or lanes and so forth. And that involves a lot of nudging. So it's sort of the evolution of like the bagatelle and bigger right, games right. are all nudging. And then it gets into more like pinball rules. So, so with what style do you favor? So of the three, I mean, I'm definitely a circular flow kind of person. Target shooting games, I'm you know there and back. Uh, that kind of V formation is. Eh, I, I kind of like more circular side to side movement all around the table. This big figure eight kind of patterns. More your Bally Williams will have that, mm-hmm. and and I do like that. Although 2001 is my favorite wedgehead, and that has terrific flow all the way across. This you know, 20 drop targets, two pops. Slings at the top, and it's just got this fantastic movement to it. And it's probably why, uh, although we'll get into the relevance of IPDB ratings. and We will. Inside oh, ratings, it is currently number one, so maybe there's some truth to that. Anyway. It's the drop targets. <laughs> Everybody loves drop targets. They're just satisfying. Yes. I do like the uh, some of the, and pool was often a, a common theme for, which it makes sense because of the nature of that game in and of itself to play bill, billiards pool, not the swimming pool themed uh, pinball machines, of which there are some, <laughs> but quite a few. <laughs> but um, yeah, but broadly speaking, I I concur. I've always I like the ball to keep moving. I like watching it travel. As the more places it gets to go around the playfield, the better for me. I just that's the element of pinball I've always liked. Uh, so that well, occasionally I like a good shooter's game with, especially with drops. A good set of drops is, is a lot of fun. It wouldn't be what I would predominantly like. Some of the things like your restored freedom prototype that you have, I think, is a fun flow game. Well, even, that's the... I mean, Even if some people say you can't hit the spinners, <laughs> some say <laughs> that it's not possible, but it is. It is. It is, it is possible. It is quite possible. I think the frustration may be with, with this, that cradling the ball requires a little different skill set than normal to, to line up that shot. And that's what's good about the prototype sure, yeah. is it teaches you new well, skills. And you yeah. see, we see that we've seen yeah. that. And so I mean, again, not to though we, we can touch on it again at the end because the, the system 11 tournament, we just wrapped up the last episode was your idea. That is why we did it. <laughs> People might think you've never seen a solid state game, but you do. You've played a couple. <laughs> oh, of you've course. A couple. Yes, I've got but, that. but, uh, I've always found, I was really surprised how far I got in the tournament because it was in the final four, but space station. Yeah. The thing about Space Station that some people really like and some people hate is where those slings are located. Anyway, but Freedom A plus that was that's that that was, was our that was our we first we fell in TPF. love with that at our first TPS. That's why Nick that's was kind of our first interview. Came. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I mean, the middle pop Freedom is you know I don't know where I got the statistic that there's only a hundred of them out there. I read it somewhere and then I forgot the link to it and oh, I don't know. Um, but there's certainly not very many, but, um, if you do see one, whatever condition it's in, uh, for heaven's sake, buy it and call me and just sell it to me because uh, <laughs> but you already have one. I know, but you know, what it, will you do with two? Um, 
I can restore it and people want we'll, it. We'll I, be all over it. Yeah. yeah, I got folks who really want one, but um, anyway. It's like mine. I'm not letting this one go. You bring me another one, I'll, I'll do it for you, but I'm not letting this one go. Well, I'll keep my eyes out, but I have not seen one up yet. <laughs> well, there's an option to convert an existing freedom over to that, and that's mm. later in the pipeline if I've got time to do it. I've actually, I, I actually put freedom and the prototype into my watch list. <laughs> and I've never seen anything. I've seen a. Re, I've seen the. the I've standard, seen regular freedoms. Seen regular fr- freedoms come up, yeah, especially in solid states. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. No, no, nothing else. Well, they made so. over five thousand of the standard freedoms. So, yeah, you know, which fine. is still. I, 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 I might have one and not even know. I, I, it. I, I, I'm sure it's still a fine game, but it just it. I can't see how it could be possibly have quite the same fun and quite the same. No, play. that middle pop just is something special. Yeah, it's Norm Clark's uh, finest kind of evolution of the middle pop format. It's like a different conversation right there. But but by taking that away, you're really just removing his signature on it and that whole figure eight thing. So mm-hmm. it does, yeah, it's like... A- we can go ahead because you brought it up. And this yeah. is an excellent time to transition into the rating systems. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, and there gosh. there are two different there are two different rating systems. I think most of our listeners are familiar with Pinside. But I want to hit on that one second because... Mm-hmm. I think I, IPDB is in a way the more interesting if only because it's so, I want to say anachronistic, but you, you might have a different take on it, but just to, I, I pulled these yesterday. So these are as of uh, November 20th, 2017, for those going back and listening, here is the IPD list of the top 10 EM machines, starting at number one, which was, as Nick already mentioned, 2001. This I think is, that deserves to be 2001. This is a Gottlieb 1971. Yeah. Uh, number two is a game Tony and I are very familiar with, as is probably just about anyone who's ever played an EM. That would be Fireball. I love that. Valley game. 72. That's a, that's a real... You know, and, and here's the thing about Valley Fireball is, um, it is the Pac-Man of EM pinball. It is the, you know, Pac-Man is the symbol mm-hmm. for video games in general. Well, Fireball is the symbol for EM pinball in general. That is the, that is the, that is the art and the gameplay that people remember the most because they made so many of them the home version mm-hmm. the fireball classic they have fireball two they got the fire you know that fireball with the spinning disc and there's just yeah. that's made an impression more than any other game so it, it's the most recognizable for sure it's the yeah. uh, it's probably i think the most flashy in the yeah. sense that they stuck in just about every mech they could come up with uh i guess it was featured in playboy at the time when it came out mm-hmm. which got it a lot of layman exposure that normally it would it just be in an arcade yeah Thank you, Tony. Uh, Sorry, Fireball, number two. Uh, Number three, uh, I have no familiarity with this. A game called Flying Turns, Midway, 1964. Okay, so Flying Turns. uh, Flying Turns is a pretty cool game. It's actually a two-player game. Um, and it's it's a pinball, but it doesn't have pop bumpers. It's it's like kind of a little... It's a smaller scale uh, target shooting kind of game. And you, as you earn laps and so forth. There are these two little toy cars in the back box. It has this little shoebox, little cinema thing in the back box there. And the, little, the cars race each other. So as you make progress on the pinball machine, little cars kind of lap one another in the back box. And it's just really good looking. And it, it's actually, you think a game like this, a lot of these little horse race kind of games or things, little back box are kind of novelty-ish. But this one's actually really fun. It's got a good, good layout. It's a lot of fun for two people. So that kind of deserves its place up there. Game number four. Now we're getting in trouble. Go Here, now, okay. now we go off the rails. This will be Sweethearts. <laughs> Sweethearts. Uh, Gottlieb, 63. So Wayne Nyans. 
saying his last name right? I get nines, yeah. Nines. I believe so, yeah. Only one of these designers, I think, who's still alive, incidentally. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and he's made some great games, you know, like Marble Queens, Good Wood Rail, a bunch of games. He's he's done a really okay. well. He's probably game. listening. So why don't you say why you don't like this one? <laughs> well, um, you know, Sweethearts was number one on the IPDB a couple really? months ago. Oh, yes, wow. and it got bumped off. Um, and I thought that was an utter travesty because I personally absolutely cannot stand sweethearts. I'm sorry, but <laughs> if you look at the layout and I can just pull it, I don't know if you can pull it up in your computer. I'll pull it up on mine, but the, the, I don't even need to do that. The, so sweethearts is a game where actually sweethearts is my example for the hypocrisy of fans of Gottlieb because Gottlieb fans who love Sweethearts, and they most often do, hate and they love to dog on El Toro. El Toro is. El Boro? Yeah, know? everybody picks on poor <laughs> El Toro because they're like, it's two lanes of bagatelle at the top and you don't ever get the ball. And I'm like, okay, Sweethearts is two, you, you, same thing. You plunge the ball and it goes through one lane. And then it goes through another lane. And then when you finally get the ball, your play area is about the size of a piece of toast. And you can either hit the, <laughs> you can either hit the gobble hole at the top or go down the drains on the side, which are huge. The end. So it's like play bagatelle and drain. Sweethearts, the game for you. You know, I'm like, I, I don't get okay, it. So, I, you know. so you probably have it a little, a little bit lower even than four. I, I yeah, just I, a little bit. It would be, I just, there's so many Gottlieb games that have that play mechanic where it's like collect the whole set. You know, why? So you can earn a special, but who cares? Like, well, I mean, not who. I mean, some people care about that. Okay, that's going to be a fight right there. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be a fight. But that's, r- that's what we want. Yeah. We well, the, here we you go. The, fight. We need I, the drama. Playing for specials in the home or tournament environment is. Uh, here's why I came to that conclusion that it's that it just doesn't really add much to the gameplay. Okay, if it's, nostalgia is one thing, but okay, I bought flip a card. It's a really neat asymmetrical layout has this nice fan of shots the risk reward is there it's got actually you can flow hit it right back up to the top to the lanes it's like this is a really good geometry so i bought the game this is early on in my you know restoring you know hobby and i put in my due diligence 40 hours and i rebuilt the thing and you know riveted new target faces on and polished all the plastics and just did everything you know all my little fixes and then i realized wait a minute all of the targets are worth 50 points, whether they're lit or not. And if you complete the whole set, nothing happens except the opportunity to earn a special, which is not going to help you if you're in a, you know, competing in a tournament or trying to get a high score or whatever. So really, the only way to correctly play this game is to not play the game and just hit the ball back up to the top over and over again because all the lanes are worth either 100 or 300 points. That is how to win that game. Catch the ball, send it back up to the top, over and over, and that's it. I'm like, well, this is just stupid. So well, how many other Gottlieb games are like that where you're just sort of, and then I was doing my homework, and I'm like, a ton of them are like this. So in hindsight, what I should have done is hacked the the gameplay so that when you complete the set of cards you get like 2,000 points. Mm. You get a bonus or something. for Because, you know, those are the risky shots. So anyway, that's... So Sweethearts is, is one of those games. You just, okay. you complete all the cards and that's supposed to be... You know. Number five, not flip a card, but pop a card. 
Gottlieb seventy two. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it, it's it's. I think it's better than drop a card, which is the drops. I don't think the drops reset after you get them all. They did a lot to yeah. cards. Drop a card, flip a card, pop yeah. a card, top a card. Oh, there's a card. whole lot of card games in the Gottlieb <laughs> lineup. Uh, oh now, uh, number six is another Gottlieb, uh, Abracadabra. Now, interesting thing about Abracadabra. Um, if you can click on that, um, let me see. Jeff Brenner, mm-hmm. and he only designed three layouts for Gottlieb. Only three. Okay. But all three of them were like absolutely beloved and had even uh, other kind of iterations made honoring them. Onward. So he, he so Abracadabra was one of those games. As you know, Abracadabra inspired um, games like Pioneer where it had those same mm-hmm. lower, you know, two angle drop targets and the no slings below. And like Quick Draw, Fast Draw also has the two angle drop targets and the no slings below. So, so... Abra kind of influenced those two, but um, so Abra's a really well liked game, you know. Okay, yeah. Uh, I believe uh, I've played this. I think one of our area collectors owns it. Uh, number seven is Crosstown. Yes, that is the replay version of the Flipper Fair layout. Flipper Fair is the first game to have that layout with the wide gap between the flippers, and uh, it was originally designed as an add a ball. And I think it actually kind of needs to be an add-a-ball. The geometry is so difficult that that flipper gap kind of needs that risk-reward shot to earn an extra ball, in my opinion. Number eight is Target Pool. I believe that one is in Pinball Arcade. Yep, that's what I call the... That's kind of the baby 2001. Mm -hmm. And I like like that layout. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Number nine, uh, Card Whiz. Now, here's where I just have to jump off the... You know, I I don't like um, I don't, I just don't care for that stair step drop target alignment whatever that drop target where it's kind of diagonal like that I just don't really care for mm. you know, like Atlantis I don't really like the shot the way it works I don't like Cardwiz I don't like uh, uh, Sky Jump you know it's just something about that kind of you sacrifice a lot of the play field to make that work and I don't think there's quite enough action for me but you know it's it's popular so who cares you know. One, one person's opinion. <laughs> and rounding, rounding out the top ten on IPDB was Fast Draw. Yep, and Fast Draw is very popular, and that's one that I just need to get a little more familiar with. Taking my, doing what I do, because I've only, I think, played half of these games. Uh, but some noteworthy things. This top ten, eight of these are Gottlieb's, mm-hmm. and six of those eight were designed by Ed Krinsky. And we had one Bally and the one Midway with the little race cars. And no Williams. In fact, if we scroll down, the only Williams that pops up is Lady Luck at number 14, which I wouldn't put above dozens of Williams before we even... So, you know, like Space Mission's better than that. Right. Yeah, right. so, you know, Aztec. Now, you know. now I think... Okay. So let's go ahead and let's transition over to the Pinside Top 10. And it will be interesting to talk about the analytics of that once we get through them. But I will note up front... Pinsight's top 10, not a single one is on that IPDB top 10. No they kidding. Are entirely different. Wow. <laughs> entirely That's different. Crazy. That's why this, this was going to be good. All right. So number one, according to Pinsight, is the Williams 1964 hit Heat Wave. That's a good one, though. That is a good one. <laughs> Heat Wave's got great artwork. But number one out of it's number one. I don't it's know number about one, that. Nick. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Number two, same designer, uh, which Steve Kordek, mm-hmm. who... Uh, I'm familiar with because I own two core deck games. Of course, the ever everywhere you trip over uh, Skylab, but I also had three coins, which was one of the '60s designs, not one of his better ones, I might add. 
Uh, teacher's Pet is number two. Woohoo! Teacher's, teacher's pet. pet. Well, that one didn't grab me in terms of geometry. Uh, it does seem like a kind of collect all the letters, kind of completionist game like that. Um, I had one, but I sold it. Uh, number three, another Williams game, OXO. Norm Clark. Yep. All right, Norm Clark puts a still. He's my favorite designer, and uh, he's the Walt Disney of EM designers. He's the one who just threw in all kinds of whimsical, crazy, innovative, new stuff. Just tried everything. He's just completely unpredictable. And uh, OXO, there's one. He has the projection lights underneath to change the X's and O's, and you have to make the shots to... I mean, you think tic-tac-toe is not very exciting. There's There are some tic-tac-toe-themed pinball machines that came earlier, like the Egghead and, and Squarehead, I think, both are tic-tac-toe games. And there are a couple of others, Wood Rails. That they have. I've not played this. OXO is actually, has is, it's very fast, very shot-oriented, but also has flow. And the effects are kind of neat, the way the lights change. And uh, it's, it's it, that one's cool. Yeah, it's okay. a neat game. So, so basically, what it's looking like here is literally anything can be an EM theme. I mean, tic tac toe, teachers, yeah, uh, anything, and anything, anything can be an EM theme and be absolutely perfectly acceptable and work. Could be. Um, <laughs> it was a world pre-license and maybe pre-taste in some in some cases. Yeah. In some. I mean, well, you know, how about marbles? You know, like just playing marbles. Marble yeah. Queen. There you go. This one. I mean, probably some girl sitting on a, a yacht. And it's called Sodi Pop. You know, she's just <laughs> sipping a, you know, or a phosphate. Yeah. You know, yeah. And there, are a, lot, there are a lot of things like fairy tales and stuff I've seen. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. A lot of, ch- yeah. Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. They had that. that like, uh, I know, like, like. Mayfair, which is basically My Fair Lady mm-hmm. kind of look thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they aped movies of the day. It was kind of interesting. <laughs> Without actually doing it in such a way. Costello. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, number five. Uh, will uh, Let's see. Yeah, another Williams. Um, no, I'm sorry. I need to do number four. I was skipping that. That would be, that's not Williams. There's a Gottlieb Snow Queen. Snow yeah, Queen. that's a liked one. I have a Snow Derby. I got the the one we repainted for the... TPF 2016 Best 70s EM. Very popular game. Got a lot of players. And, uh, of course, we did the cabinet in blue instead of white. And we used white webbing with lacquer instead of black webbing. So it would be a little more like snow. And it's kind of, you know, for some people it's blasphemous. But the original, you know. Yeah, it sounds probably morally <laughs> wrong. Yes, but it looks amazing. It looks so cool. Um, so, yeah, you know, well, that's what every mad yeah, scientist yeah, says when their yeah. abomination comes. <laughs> amazing. It needed to be repainted anyway. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it had to be repainted anyway. It was in terrible shape. And, you know, the original design is kind of like this tequila sunrise look. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, that's not very snowy. It doesn't even look. We just didn't want to redo it like that. It just didn't. Anyone. So anyway. Whatever, but yeah, fun game. Okay. Fun game. All right, well, it, it's it sits in at number four on Pinsel. I think I've actually played either either Snow Derby or Queen. I think I've played, played one Snow of Derby. them. I played one of them because because that's the one with the girls on the snow machine. Yeah, back class. I've seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know I've played that machine. Mm-hmm. Number five is is a Williams game, and that's Blast Off. That's a good one, actually, and that's the Attaball, and that's a pretty neat game. Yeah, I like that one. Another uh, Clark game. So of course you did. Is it? 
Norm Clark to Blastoff? That's what I have written. I may have jotted it down wrong, but my notes are impeccable. I should so. know this because, yeah, actually it is his because he did Apollo and that's the same one. It's just the Adabar. Okay, so there you go. There's an innovative game. Yeah. Launch the rocket, get the thing, has the bagatelle in the back box. He's just the one who's added all of his whimsical stuff. Anyway, okay. All right. Number six. Mm-hmm. This one's going to be controversial for you, Nick. So I'm just, I'm warning you up front. Do we have any Gottlieb so far? Except for everybody. For only Snow Queen so far. Okay. okay. Everything else has been Williams so far. Well, this is, totally this is not Williams, and this is not Gottlieb. Okay. This is Woe Nelly Big Juicy Melons. That is not an EM. That is what I thought, but it is in there on the list at number six. Whizbang Pinball 2012 version. Yeah, that can't be there. That's not a thing. <laughs> Look, right, not it was there, and I was following the rules of the of the segment as laid out, which was as of November 20th, 2017. Pin size says that is the number six. Okay, we're just going to give him a mulligan and move on. So, no, it's not <laughs> Mulligan. Yeah, All right. Well, m- moving past that one, then it would be, we will be back to Gottlieb, and it will be their 1971 game Sheriff. Okay, so it's the four-player version of Lawman, which is the, uh, it's like Atlantis, except it has the ball gate. So you hate it because of the stair step. Well, I drops. don't hate it. It just does highly dislike you know, it in a way that could be described as hate. I, I see why it's popular. I got lots of people, lots of friends who like it. That's great. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think <laughs> it's terrible. Wrong, the faint phrase is so faint. It's just deliciously faint. Uh, <laughs> it does take a long time for that bonus to count now. It's like going, kadonk, chink, kadonk, kadonk, chink, kadonk, kadonk, chink. You're just waiting all day for that. Anyway. Uh, number eight, Dancing Lady. Uh, that's kind of like uh, King of Diamonds, I think. Isn't that the one that's got that roto target that's kind of in the middle of it? I actually don't know Dancing Lady. Can't, I, so. I'm not sure. I might be confusing. I think that's I've the one. I've got the play that, field called up here. Yeah, I think it's, it's got really nice artwork. Yeah, it's um, got a roto target. Right yeah, that's a pretty neat one. Um, um, I haven't played it, though, mm. uh, so I, okay. I, I think it looks great. Okay. Number nine is uh, a ballet game, Skyrocket. Oh, well, I love Skyrocket, and that's number four on my personal list, and I have one, mm-hmm. and it will be at TPF uh, 2018. That one, incidentally, is the only of all the games on either list Harry Williams designed. Are you serious? Harry Williams designed Skyrocket. At least as per my notes. Which, that, as we've already proven, How can that be? That's a ballet With game. it being a ballet, I was confused as well, because I thought, huh. well, I know he did stuff for Stern Electronics mm-hmm. after doing stuff for Williams. I didn't, I didn't pull up any of the specific details. You might want to take a look on your system to see if there's any additional information, because this was pulled from the details on Pinside, not IPDB. So they could also have something in error. Um, after all, they did say, whoa, Nelly, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there is, uh, let's see here. Designed by Harry Williams. Wow. Well, they say so as well on IPDB. Well, okay. well, the notes continue to hold their well, truth. Well, it's a solid design. I mean, it's it's the most beautiful EM in terms of you get the best light show of any EM with that game. Um, just the way it selects the bonus points. It looks like a little fireworks show is going off in your game. So I will have a newly clear-coated and beautified version. So come see it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then uh, number 10, this might help alleviate some of the issue here with uh, Wonelli, because number 10 at Pinside is a tie. So there are actually two games at number 10. One is, uh, got, well, they're both Gottlieb's. One is from the 65, and it's Cowpoke. <laughs> and the other is from 77, and that's Centigrade 37. I see. Both very popular 
graphically impressive <laughs> <laughs> games. With such a nice that are mechanical finesse, silky. Yes, oh. sil- exactly. Beautiful. Back glass. Both of them have back glass animation, actually. It's kind of ironic. They both do. Um, uh, but neither one is my particular cup of tea. But that's cool. Who cares? Love the artwork on Cowpoke. I think it's just love kicking the cowboy thing. and It's, it's great. But kind of a similar problem. Your gameplay is very small. It's like once you get the ball, it's kind of all down there. And you just kind of hit the little road target. And of course, Centigrade 37. Here's where we can talk about Centigrade. So Centigrade, um, it's, it's, it's just got to be all about the theme with t- that t- game. Tell me about the waterfalls, George. <laughs> tell me about the waterfalls. <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, the little bagatelle kind of yes, thing. That yes, that takes up half the... Well, all right. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm, over, I'm rounding that way too high. It's more like a third of the entire right-hand side is consumed by this. Well, that's Jeff Brenner's in- innovation. Okay. They came with, uh, with Atlantis. You know, Atlantis has had... Atlantis introduced the little... And Lance, Side so did Atlantis ruin EM? <laughs> because that seems to be the theme of this discussion. Just, oh, I, no. I'm looking for the, the silver thread that links it all. Okay, well, here's the four games with a little side bagatelle. Okay, it's Atlantis, Top Score or 300, which is the bowling pin in the game, um, Sheriff Lawman, which is that one, and Centigrade 37. So of them, that's a good question. How would you rank those four? I would. I, I like Top Score 300 the most out of those. It's got that cute back box thing. It's got a spinner. It's fast. It's just cool. Um, then I'd probably put probably Atlantis below that. And then probably Lawman Sheriff. And I guess last would be Centigrade 37. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I think the drop targets aren't as fun as having a whole rack. And yet there's no spinner like 300 has to score things. So it's just not as much going on in terms of layout and geometry. Cool artwork, sure, cool artwork. But the soul of an EM is its geometry. That is kind of what I do agree. is. I do agree so. with that. I also think it's interesting that of those those four yes, categories of games there that you described following this feature, your two least favorite are the two that are in the top ten on pin side. Yeah. The sheriff, sheriff lawman, yep. represented there, yep. and then though they did have centigrade thirty-seven beneath that, so at mm. least that is in agreement with you, broadly speaking. Um, so it, you both recall when I when we got through doing the IPDB list, I noted that those were eight Gottlieb machines, mm-hmm. and then we had the one Valley and one Midway, and, and most of those Gottliebs were were Krinsky designs. Mm-hmm. In this case, four of the top ten are Williams. And that's split. Two are Kordak and two are Clark. Mm-hmm. And then we have four Gottliebs. Three are Krinsky. One is Wing Nines. And then we still have one Valley. And then we have Wonelli. Well, <laughs> if you throw out Wonelli <laughs> and you elevate no, we, the two. No, we do. Yeah, so. No, we can't. So the mm-hmm. one thing of consistency is that there's only one Valley in either of these two top ten lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wondered what your thoughts were on that because... When Wizard came out, there was, I mean, you still had almost a decade worth of stuff. A decade worth of stuff. St- stuff being EMs. Oh, not really, because... Um, well, no, I got, no, I'm, I miss, I thought it was 71, it was 75, so, so, I'm, I, no, you don't, you have, that was right towards <laughs> the end. Yeah, Valley got out of EMs quick after, after Wizard, I mean, um, they didn't last long at all. In fact, it looks like their phase-out year Uh-oh. was... I was uh, way off. Yeah, they phased them out in, I mean, even by 77, 
they only made 155 Evil Knievels and 170 Mataharis. And then they used Kickoff to use the last of their parts. There was like 1,600 of those just to run them out. But um, by 77, Bally was already running for the mm-hmm. way ahead yeah, of the it's game. Just, it's, it's still weird to me to hear the numbers difference when talking about production runs of a modern pinball machine being 200 games, 300 games. It's like, yeah, we built 14,000 this game and we put out eight games this year, minimal. Well, that's been nice when none of those arcades had any video games to take up space yeah. <laughs> for them. Yeah. I just thought it was really interesting that Gottlieb was so slow to adapt away from EM, though. I I, I understand the logic behind... I understand their logic, but that I I would say they were probably the most conservative company of them all. Oh, despite, by far. Despite yeah, what yeah. innovations they're going to be known for. Innov- the flipper. Be, but th- those were like one-offs. They... And France still wanted EMs, is my understanding. And that was their big export market. Oh. And so France kept saying, well, no, we still want the EMs. And so God was like, well, we're just going to keep building EMs because the French are a huge market share for us and they're not asking for solid state until they did. And then they were too late. They were too late. And they outsourced the their system one. And then, then we go into things right. that are beyond the scope of this particular episode. Fascinating. I love the fall of Gottlieb. I think it's incredible. It's worthy of a book. Yeah, as as but you can't compare the fall of Gottlieb without looking at also the rise of Bally because the, sure. they they both are hand in hand. I mean, Bally just in '75 was just I mean they and they they hired Norm Clark, mm-hmm. they got him from Williams and he he became the the head of the pinball design department at Bally right at when they were taking over. He was and also, then you get to have a whole chapter about the fall of Bally because yeah. it crashed and burned before Gottlieb did. That's right. By '82, they were already like, oh my God, what are we gonna do? <laughs> Let's well, wild swings everywhere. Anyway, we can talk about that later. So, sure. um, but yes. Um, so. Well, we covered all the main categories I had for us to hit on. So I want to turn the okay. floor over to you, Nick. Okay. What do you want to talk about? Well, let's see. Um, so we just covered why the I, you know, we looked at IPDB and we looked at pin side ratings and they're really not consistent at all. And, 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 you just have to realize that the rating systems currently are completely subjective. That that while there may be a shred of truth, at least in terms of weeding out the truly awful games from the games that are popular and people like, in terms of an absolute scale, meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Do not pay any attention to what something is ranked on any EM list, because there are far too many. We don't have the same amount of experience of people playing different manufacturers and so forth. Um, And what we do see is a huge majority of Gottlieb fans who are pumping the ratings for the games that they like the most because they were the most popular. And Mm -hmm. people who grew up playing those games, the arcade, I'm technically too young to be an EM fan because when I was an arcade kid, uh, it was all like Xenon and Space Invaders and video games and Solid states. I didn't see any EMs in the arcade. I mean, I missed it by a year or two, but they cleared those things out almost immediately when solid state hit. So, um, so I just missed it. So I'm not beholden to any manufacturer, you know, whether it's Gottlieb Bell. I just care about the best game, you know. So, but, but just before me, you know, folks who are say in their, you know, 50s, mid 50s and up, uh, they are going to, almost always favor Gottlieb. So I think the, the ratings will always be kind of skewed Gottlieb for that reason. Play a lot of EMs. You go to like the PPM Expo, or you go to a place that has a lot of EMs and you're a newbie or you're, you know, you're just getting into pinball. Then I think you could probably get a better 
score from those people in terms of sort of objective rating because nostalgia is not a part of it and so they're going to be just looking at the games so that's i think that's you know being a gottlieb guy nothing wrong with that at all but yeah what was what what's your theory behind why at least going to the top tens is pinsight so different you go from an ipdb which is so overwhelmingly gottlieb in the top 10 as to almost not even be worth talking about the two exceptions that we noted to a case where there are a tied plurality with Williams. What what it, what explains to you what what explains the fact that at least on Pinside for the top of the top it isn't all Gottlieb. It's actually I can't say it's well representative because it's still yeah. just two manufacturers, but Williams all of a sudden is putting up a, a major showing and I could maybe argue it's not even with their particularly best games. Of course, you could say that about it. Well, I think with Pinside, it's about participation. And it's also that I think the crowd probably does skew a little bit younger and um, in general. And then you also have not as many people participating. So it's just skewing the ratings all over the place. Yeah, I think think you're right about the demographics. And I also think Pinside's, with their current protocol of IEMs only requiring five ratings for something to become ranked in in the top list, that's really low. Uh, I think that was the only way they could generate a list is they had to just drop the demands. Other because I mean they made so many. Why why not mandate the fifteen votes that you mandate on all the solid state? Yeah, the only reason would be because the demographics. There's not enough people rating EMs and having EMs for it to have ever happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly don't want people to think that you know I have anything against the Gottlieb at all. I don't, I and mean, I really am glad that there's there are so many people who collect them and preserve them. I mean, any EMs, any people who want to save the EMs is great, you know, and, save you know, yeah. And, and Ravens. Don't forget to save yeah. the Ravens. No. <laughs> well, Sorry. Scott. He only cares about saving EMs. Well, you know, EM the, the EMs do have a specific knowledge set. That's a little different for sure. Um, uh, we, what we should talk about is uh, something I learned on my pinball tour when I was playing this home challenge. What I learned though, is that I was having a lot more fun. This is about halfway through the tour. I realized that the multiplayers, multiplayer EMs were just a heck of a lot more fun to play with other people than, than the single players were. And, and I, when I first got into this hobby, I just went straight to IPDB and I looked at the top 10. I'm like, oh yeah, well, I got to get El Dorado because that's a top 10 game. And I got to get Atlantis because that's a top 10 game. I hadn't played these games before, but I was like, yeah, those are the ones to get, you know? And, 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 and as I started collecting and as I started kind of trying different games, it's like, okay, well maybe I don't need those, but, but the, the difference between multiplayers and single players is it's all about the social aspect for me. Like when I'm playing pinball, I really like that, you know, back and forth kind of elbow rubbing, kind of staying focused on the game aspect. And, and in the beginning, the, the collectors were saying, well, you don't want to get the multiplayers because lack of carryover features, mm-hmm. you know, they're not as complex. You're just playing a one ball game and nobody wants that. You know, it's not, it's just not as good of a game, but I think that's kind of a wash when you contrast it with the experience of playing pinball with another person throw shade on them and hope they drain so I can play. Mm-hmm. It's a back and forth, you know, and like, 
And ball times are really quick on the multiplayers. That's a good thing is that you don't have to wait a long time. It's not like Lord of the Rings. You know, you're mm-hmm. waiting 15 minutes per ball. You know, it's like you're even if you're playing against Keith Elwin, you know, it's like he's going to drain pretty soon here. So let's just see how long this is going to take, you know, and my turn's going to be up. So it, and, and finally, there, there there are some multiplayer EMs that do have carryover features. Um, Solids and Stripes tracks the n- number of balls that you have per player. Keeps track of that. Uh, eight ball has a thing that tracks how many players. A surf side tracks the bonus as you play. So, so it's not. Some multiplayers do have carryover features. So, I don't know. I, that's basically I'm, I'm divesting my most of my single players at this point. And considering how much faster EMs play than solid states, I really think multiplayer EMs are kind of the ultimate now. Well, I fully understand the uh, social aspect because uh, <clears throat> TPF case in point is a lot normally me and Dennis will walk around TPF with whoever else we're there with and we'll play multiplayer games. But occasionally you, you wander apart and this and that and you play some single player games. And there's just a different feel. I mean, when you're playing by yourself, okay, I played my three balls. I'm going to go try another game. It's completely different than when there's two or three, four of you playing on a machine and you're laughing and you're joking and this and that. I mean, it's got a completely different feel. Because I know like at TPF, a lot of times I'll go, uh, I've had several times where I've split off to go, uh, you know, call the wife and see how the kids are doing this and that. When I come back, I'll play like three games on the way while I'm wandering around because the place is huge and it takes forever to find anybody. And it is, it's just a completely different feel. And I think it's the same reason why, even though I'm not a very good player, I like going to tournaments is because I like talking to my friends that I only ever see at a pinball tournament. I like having that interaction with people, but that's pretty much the only time you ever see them. But at the same time, it's the reason you actually go because I'm not that good, but I mean, it's still fun. Right. It's the reason you go. It's like single player experiences now that you can have on like your Xbox or PC or whatever are just so vastly amazing that it's really even making a single player pinball game almost, it's kind of hard to compete, you know what I mean? For your attention. It's just, it's very, very difficult, but the, but social, it's still vastly superior. Um, you can't get that when you're, you know, playing on your phone or whatever. Nobody cares, but yeah. Or even you when you're playing multiplayer, I mean, uh, most video games you're playing multiplayer, you've got a headset on. You listen to thirteen-year-olds yeah. tell you about how they've had relations <laughs> yeah. with your mother, and, and they don't know what pinball is. So yeah. it's, it remains pure. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, so, so, so yeah, yeah. It's a well, that's my little sales pitch for multiplayers. But I just, I, I think that the it's the, the issue of. You don't want multiplayers because there's no carryover features is vastly overstated. I only ever had a, one multiplayer EM and it was a wood rail, so I didn't care much for it. And the problem with the single players is no one wanted to, you couldn't play them with me, and so no one really wanted to play them. Uh, and then when I got, obviously in my case, they were solid states, but with multiplayer games, oh yeah, if you can't, then you could do, I mean, we'll go, I'll have four or five people over. Uh, this is, I, I call it the, call it Tony Pinball because he's the one who started where he goes and it'd be like, Oh, how many people do we have down here? Three. And he'll start three players on all the machines and it'll be less like, we just go. And then you catch up with somebody like, come on and drain. I got to go. I got to play. It's my turn. It's like, what, what you, why don't you, why don't you accept the outlane? Why can't you just accept, accept your fate? Sort of thing. You do it like that. And then we see who, who won, which ones and who won. It's, you did them all at once. So it's kind of, this is a weird thing. But, oh, that's kind of cool. But, yeah, you don't, you don't have to, no waiting. You're just yeah. constantly right, just right. like, yeah. like oh, I got you. When somebody gets a really long ball on. So, but so it, it's amazingly But fun. that's less risky on EMs. Yeah. Because 
There ain't very many that give you long balls. I could go for a while on Skylab, but other than that, all my yeah, Skylab does last a while. That one's uh, like a long ball time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean that's just an amazingly fun thing. It's just, I mean, because you're literally jumping through, you know, five or six different games where you're playing, and it's not, oh, we're going to play these. Six. It's literally, it's like I just played Jurassic Park. Now I'm playing Star Trek. Now I'm playing Superman. Now I'm playing Firepower. Now I'm playing Shark. The thrill of. <laughs> Uh, of it is because of the challenge, because you're changing games immediately to games that play completely differently. What was your pick? If you want to give me just your best one, or if you want to do what Tony and I did, um, if you've heard the last episode, we gave our top fives. Oh, I've got that already down. I mean, as far as games, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got them. I mean, I got them all the way down to, let's see here. Oh, wow. So I Folks was... can't, because this is an audio medium, they cannot see the complexity of the spreadsheet that <laughs> it has got. It almost looks like a heat map thing going on here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is my... So, yeah, this is all the games I've, like... Yeah, so, okay. So, if you, if you want to really learn the EM map, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've only been in this now for four years. I'll have people come up to me, you know, they're like, I have this game that's in my grandmother's uh, attic, and we were trying to... It's a pinball machine. It's got a picture of this woman in a blue hat. And I go, blah, it's Mayfair or whatever. You know, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, yeah, you know. I got I got the map figured out. Okay, so okay. <laughs> so if you want to really know, uh, it takes time to learn what EMs you really like. Like I mean, you, I mean that sounds obvious, but but you have to look at geometry and kind of think about what kind of a player you are if you really want to get your collection really tuned to you. You know, and everybody's different, mm. but uh, because these EMs aren't you know your arcade and there's no arcades even anymore either you know then how are you going to play these things so so you have to go to the internet pinball database ipdb.org and create yourself a spreadsheet with just five columns and the first column should be love it own it want to buy it gotta have it second column is i like it if i see one maybe i'll buy it okay but i'll I'll definitely favor third column is play it i don't need to own it but i like to play it if i see it Fourth column, like the artwork, something really cool visually about it, but I don't really even want to play it. I just appreciate it for kind of what it is aesthetically. And the fifth column is, I don't even want to look at it. You know, like it's just your terrible trash column. Or or it's your column of, I need to try it to figure it out. So those are your five columns. And then every row, you have a year. So just spend a day, go to the IPDB and just say, I'm going to look at everything that came out in 1967. This is just the today. I'll go over sixty-seven. You just go through all the games and kind of click on them, and kind of like you can go to YouTube and like sometimes they have videos or fill in your little grid as you go. And then if you do the whole map, like I did this the first year, and then a year and a half later I did it again just to kind of check if my ratings held. And you go to these pinball shows, you play them, you cross them off your list. So I got the map. So my favorite list of favorites is a highly curated <laughs> list heavily filtered ems so and it may be subject to change but it's really hardly changing at all now so this is just for me personally and this show i, did, I hope this show wasn't too like here's what nick likes he doesn't like gottlieb so who cares like, yeah. <laughs> um, no, i don't want it to be you beat around yeah. the bush so much until you got tired that they they have to wait till the second half before they really hate, hear the hate on God. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until we got to the ratings that you yeah. started with, this, with specific games being named. Right. The, like the sweethearts. The hackles, the hackles were raised. Mm-hmm. The fangs were bared. Yeah, Krinsky they, cowered in his grave. 
Krinsky. That guy was just a design maniac. And apparently that was so pervasive that even all the way up until Premiere that they think that that was just normal. Like, you just have a design yes. cycle that like, tight. It did involve that the guy it might have been a little bit of crazy there to wake up, drink three or four cups of black coffee, design half of a play field, have breakfast, design the other half of the play field, start a new game. I mean... <laughs> yeah, no no one equals Krinsky and ever will in terms of his prolific output. Just unbelievable. He made some horrible games, and yet he made some terrific games. So he's all over the map. You know, you make that many, you just... You're, you're gonna, bound to have yeah. something that falls short or hits it out of the park. And yeah, no, that's just amazing. So do you have any Gottliebs in your top five? Yes. Okay. Yes. Then you're not a hater. No, I'm not a hater. I don't hate no, Gottlieb. You've just at all. proven it. We don't, you don't need to explain. <laughs> okay. That, okay. That proves it. Okay. Let's prove it. Just overweighted yes. is all. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's no. so. Irrelevant. You've proven, you've proven unbiased. This is how the internet works. So all right, that's well, all the proof you need. So this is what I have, and this is from my collection. There are some that I'm looking for that. So, absolute favorite game, uh, Freedom Prototype. Uh, easy. Easy. Yeah. I, I, I actually, actually know yeah. that was your yeah. favorite. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, that, best DM amazing. by far for me. And then, um, and then Old Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, then 2001. Great flow. Great drop targets. Then Skyrocket. Not only does it look great, plays great. Uh, then I've played around with the listings a little bit. I think maybe... I'm kind of experimenting if Sinbad is going to hold up at the fifth oh, position. I have only played the Solid State iteration of it. I actually like the layout of Sinbad. Some people, they made a lot of them. I don't know. Some people aren't aren't fans of it. I don't think, see, uh, one of our members of the Dallas Makerspace, his name's uh, Chuck, and he has rebuilt uh, using the meticulous method that I kind of teach over there. Um He's completely rebuilt his Sinbad, and it just plays amazingly well. And he's also replaced that crappy plastic spinner with a metal spinner. Right. So it'll thwack, and it really has the speed, and um, it just is a lot of fun. It's a really good layout. And I have a solid-state Sinbad, too. It's, I think I of um, the transition period, uh, the System 1s, you know, they made some EMs in that period. Mm-hmm. They did as well. I like the solid states better. I like uh, Sinbad solid state over the EM. And I like the Joker Poker solid state over the EM because the drops don't reset on either one of them. And well, then what are you going to do? Nothing, yeah. nothing to shoot at. But, in, but except for Cleopatra, I'll take the EM there because it's the exact same game either way. So, but um, so yeah, Sinbad's. I'm, I'm playing with that at number five. We'll see. Uh, let's see, next is a game called Expo, Norm Clark game. And what's fascinating about Expo is I just completely threw it away when I looked at it at IPDB because it looks like this big empty field of red and these huge outlanes. And there's just like five pops and like, what are you shooting at? This just looks worthless. But what's so neat about it is that the five lanes that you go through at the top are like these power-ups. So each lane gives you a different power-up. Like one of them will make a a stop you know like a post raises up between the oh, flippers okay. oh, yeah. you know the, the thick post you know it blocks the ball so one of them is that one of them raises a, a mini post on the left out lane one of them opens a gate that redirects the ball back into play one so of them post saves on this interesting yeah one of them opens a gate back to the shooter lane so if you get all your power-ups then um you can focus on uh you, you have to light up these uh one through twelve and it's not for specials, it's actually for points. You mm. see, that's what's cool about it. You light up 1 through 12, and then the spinner spins on the back box, and you get 500 points if it hits that magic number versus 
one that's unlit. So anyway, the point is, if you can, you, 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 as playing it, you turn the tables on the game itself. And that's a Norm Clark, again, one of his crazy ideas, but he's managed to, as you play the game, it somehow makes it easier the longer you play. So anyway, just really cool game and a multiplayer. So there you go. Um, out of sight is next. That would be number six. Or no, that's seven. Five, six, seven. Then uh, Rancho, Williams Rancho. Okay. Yeah. You played that one? Seen that one? Okay. Uh, then Aztec. Then, yeah. I'm going to, but I'm going to modify it because it's a little too easy to abuse the spinner. So I'm going to modify it so that you have to go into the little grotto after you, you get your first go through on the lane, light the spinner. But after the spinner, after you use it, you have to go through the grotto to light it. Okay. So it forces you to play a little right, more again. Right. So I'm going to work on that a little bit. Um, in Spanish Eyes. Yes. The first three-inch middle pop game by Norm Clark. And again, that was his castle layout, as I call it. It's a beautiful, fantastic movement. Great game. There's um, been one for sale in the area here for quite a while. I haven't liked the price on it. but Oh, what's he asking? I think he's now down to 975 Oh, if unless it's perfect, you know, then, you know. It's Craigslist at Anchor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's been rebuilt... He started it at, I think, 1200 I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. They made a lot of them. They did make a lot of them. It's not a rare game. And some people really hate the artwork, but... Um, it's Cubist. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on your view on... Uh, was it Picasso? I see the Cubist? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you see yeah. how expertly trained I am in art. Yeah. I read one book once. And I forgot it. Oh, it just right. makes me happy. It just makes me feel like I'm in the 70s at some old, like, grocery store with, like, mm. crazy colors and, yeah, I don't know. Just <laughs> something about it. I, like I would like a modern game to reincorporate the middle pop. I'd like to see. Yes, well, there's that Miss Mrs. Uh, Miss Universe or Miss Adventure. Miss Adventure. It's the guy that did um, the sort of steampunk royale game. Uh, he, I've heard of Miss Adventure. I've heard the name. I do not familiar with. This yeah, story. it's a middle pop game that also has an upper play field, and he has created. He's recreated Norm Clark's kind of that lower layout. And he didn't have that one at the Northwest Pinball and Arcade Show, but um, he had some of his other games there. But that designer, I forget his name, pardon me, I did meet you at the show. But you're, it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is modern one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Grand Prix be next. Oh, I really like that. I really like this Grand Prix. Yeah, everybody likes Grand Prix. Yeah, and I do too, yeah. but when you put it up against some of these others, mm, it, it, it's, it, it, there's you know, really only. Yeah, I mean, there's really, there's not a lot to do on it. I mean, it's it Liberty is Bell. Right. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It is satisfying yeah. to shoot, and I think it's fun in multiplayer content. Yeah, yeah. Way, way fun. Yeah, very, very fun. Very fast, very cool. Um, and the one we played was that really nice one. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Nick probably told him, clear this. And, yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, that it won. It won Best of 70s. Course. Yeah, yeah. But then he did it. Uh, he took his, that was the HSA uh, Playfield Restoration, and they did the match style, because you noticed the Playfield wasn't glossy. It right. had that kind of knockdown level. I actually prefer the glossy look because I think it gives your light bulbs kind of more specular highlights and it just looks more dazzling. You know what I mean? But some people, if you want the original kind of, that's an option is the little matte look, you know, but, mm -hmm. okay. but it's a beautiful game. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful game. Deserve to win. Um, then bow and arrow. And that's really, uh, I think it's QX's first game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And uh, that's the start of the big valley Big belly, back glasses, you can see. That's where they... Bow and Arrow is the game where they're really starting to gear up for the big fight that, you know, that one wizard. Yeah, yeah. Then Cleopatra. Old Cleo. I got yeah. the EM Cleo. Played that a few times. Yeah, I did. 
That was at one of the tournaments. Yeah. I seem to recall. Yeah, they did have it in the bank in 2016 TPF. I think. I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. 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 At least it did. broke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Brian's. It was his uh, EM. Yep, yep. And then uh, and then Sheba, which is the two player version of Campus Queen, which is a I game love that Campus Queen. Tony would like to have a Campus yep. Queen. Yep, yep. That's Dennis for Christmas after I flipped <laughs> the thing. He got he got me a little magnet made to look like the back Campus Queen black back glass for <laughs> on my refrigerator. Uh, and yeah, no, because because I mean I, I've told the story a bunch of times. But that's the game where I hated it and I hated it and I hated it. And by the end of the weekend at TPF, it's like. I, I kind of want to own this game. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, yeah, yeah. yeah that, 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 that game is on my grail list. That's my, my the game that I would really like to have. Now, if you like that one, and this one's on my want list as well, you need to look for one called Big Day. It's kind of a Mardi Gras theme. It's a valley. It's a similar era. And it's a similar hit the mushroom bumpers to open gates. But it has a little bit of a different flow to it. But it's similar to... That campus queen kind of design. And that's big day. Big day. That one's not very common, but um, okay. So we're almost done. Uh, then flipper fair. I just like the or subway, if you will. I like that layout from just being a attaball kind of old fashioned and yet still nail biting kind of fun. And then uh, snow derby. The one one that I yes as a TPF right. was very well. So all those are very strong. I think games uh, kind of battle tested in terms of their their fun. And then the ones I'm looking for, if uh, <clears throat> if you have any other, I'll just name them real quick. Well, you're doing a little. There's uh, some other uh, podcasts do this. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do not. As a guest. You, all you, right. You no, you may. Well, you okay. Well, these are also good games. So anyone could look for these. But um, this is a one player making an exception for it. It's a, a Zachariah Aerobatics. Okay. Yep. Have you played Aerobatics? I've played it virtually. It's really great gameplay. I think the strongest of the Zachary ADMs, I think. Um, really, really great. Um, and then, of course, I have a Queen's Castle, Zachary, which I have not... I can't rate it because I haven't played it yet. Uh, of course, Big Day, looking for that. I like to get a, an EM version of Hot Tip. It's got that... It's that Rancho Aztec kind of that late layout that they had. Uh, Joke Poker, Solid State. I like to get that. Uh, Pioneer. Good old Pioneer. I think it's great yeah. for a two-player... Or four players, Spirit 76. There's one that Ballet made called Seesaw. And it's this funny theme of this, uh, It's I guess it's this, like, women can't drive is kind of the theme mm. of this game. <laughs> and it's this lady who's, like, looking backwards at this car that's uh, it's gone through a restaurant, people running out of the way, and help, you know, anyway. But uh, it's a, that's just a Ballet game. Um, let's see. <laughs> yeah, like ballet and the offensive it. themes. Yeah. That yeah. could be an episode we do yeah. at some point. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's kind of a funny thing. Uh, let's see. Um, Solids and Stripes. There's a Norm Clark game. And I don't know if you guys have seen this one, but the no. lower half of the play field is just this empty pool table with these six kickout holes. Absolutely abysmal one-player game and fantastic two-player game. Because there's no point in playing by yourself it's like uh, i don't know if you played surfside golly surfside uh i i don't if i did i don't remember so. i think that's probably the best multiplayer golly ever made and um, but you have to play it with somebody else because you can steal the bonus from the other mm. person and it's got this competitive thing um but anyway 
good game. Yeah. Let's see. Finally, Space Odyssey and Wizard. Those are the last two I really looked for. So yeah, these are pretty. A lot of these are pretty well known. Yeah, but uh, not many Gottliebs. I'd say looks like about six, maybe Gottliebs. Seven. They're pretty well distributed. Six, yeah, no, that's six, not six, a bad seven. sample from your. Yeah, it's your about list. even for each 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 manufacturer. Yeah. Six, six, seven. Very eclectic of you. Yes, so I like to mix it up. And then, of course, one issue of contention. Let's let's talk about preserving EMs real quick. Um, to EM or to LED or not to LED? That is the question. Some people just Some hate say it. you shouldn't ever, never, ever. That it always looks wrong. That's right. That's right. I, I published an article on Pinside years ago about doing this thing called Stealth LED, and it's a recipe that involves mostly. Uh, these comet uh, warm white frosted LEDs that you put them in the right place. You don't put them everywhere. You just put them, you put them under the inserts and in the back glass mostly. And you don't put them under plastics or anywhere your eye can directly see a filament. What that does is because you see bulbs. So you leave the bulbs where your eyes see the filaments and the LEDs fill in the inserts in the back glass. So you, it's kind of this best of both. It's like, well, it looks brighter. I can see more of the artwork, but then again, it looks. Is there LEDs in this? I guess. It, it, yeah, that's the point. Is that you? You you don't want to see the LEDs. You want to see the game. And I mean, I could be completely wrong on this, but it seems to me that a lot of like the older back glasses, they get a lot of heat damage from the lighting in the thing. And I would think that the the lower temps that LEDs are putting on are going to preserve your back glasses better. I Soon. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I mean, it yeah. just seems to make sense because it looks like almost everyone I've seen, most of the chipping and some of the worst stuff is always right where the bolt light bulbs are, where that paint's always being heated and then cooled as one of the machines off and heated and then cooled because the incandescents get hot. I mean, they just they can get real hot, so it just makes sense. I guess the other thing that would come to my mind on a restoration would be uh, your propensity for clear coating. Yes, that's a must. Abomination. No, no. Uh, EM, a clear-coated EM is a luxurious, dazzling, wonderful, beautiful, fantastically playing game that transforms it. Like, I mean, I it, it's, to me, no one really, very few people have played a brand new EM mm-hmm. who can remember, uh, but when they came off the factory floor, they were like flat and fast and glossy and you know i and i don't wax my um clear-coated play fields i just use novus 2 to clean them occasionally but the, you don't really need to wax them uh when i first got my first em and and the balls were sticking in the inserts because they were cupped too mm-hmm. much you know i was like well i really hate that so i tried you know i popped them out and sanded them flat and re-decaled them and you know spot cleared them and then it was like yeah that's cool but uh then the edges still aren't quite perfect you know like and it's just, and so why don't I just have it airbrushed and just clear the whole thing and just see how that turns out? It was really more of an experiment. And I, I don't see, I, I think people uh, may be reluctant to do it because they, they, they got one off Craigslist for 300 bucks and it looks, you know, it works and it plays. And it's like, why should I spend $600 and, you know, a whole weekend to strip it and do yeah. it and if it's only going to be worth it? And I'm like, oh, that's not the point. It's that. If you take an EM all the way to fully restored, beautiful, or even better than new restoration clear coats, and, you know, if it was a beat-up game. I mean, Snow Derby was in pretty bad shape when I got it, and it won 
because because of all the work we did. You know, it was repainted, it was cleared, it was stealthed, it was da, 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 da. and so you can turn it into this like almost like a modern game. And I know all of them. You don't have to do that to all of them. We need museums. We need pristine originals. If, if games are in really good original shape, you don't really need to do that. But I like taking the ugly ducklings and turning them into these kind of superstars. You know, they're, maybe they're, they've been Hollywoodized. Maybe, maybe a little bit of plastic surgery I'm doing on them. You know, like <laughs> that's the equivalent. A little here, a little tuck there. Yeah, you know. But gosh, they really just they play great and they look great. And I, I'm really kind of addicted to that to that look. So yeah. You know. Yeah, no, I've, you know. I, I, I like him, and I, I can see, especially if it's a, uh, if you're just a collector or somebody who only has a couple pens, but you've got got one you really love, even if it's just one, I can see doing it, and it's like, I really, really love this game, I'm going to go all out on this game, I'm going to fix this game, I want it to be special, because this is my one, my one true most important game, this is the one that's going to live in my collection no matter what. So even as just a small-time collector or somebody with just a few pens, I could see doing it on something really special like that. And what, Dennis, what you were talking about, like people who play modern games, they're used to seeing a little dazzle, a little glitz, you know. Mm. So I do want my games to be relevant to modern players and a, and a, a sparkling, tuned-up, dialed-in kind of EM does get played more. Just does. So you're saying they shouldn't have done the matte finish on that Grand Prix? Oh, no. <laughs> and they shouldn't have won after all. <laughs> huge, huge mistake. No. Huge. I am not saying that. I, would say. I put I put lots of games on that Grand Prix, and, and that was just fantastic. He had, was, and he had the door chromed. You oh, noticed that? So he had nice. the perfect back glass. So it was so he's done, he did some things to that, too. It, it, was, a, it was a little, yeah. Okay. You let him know. He wants to sell it. I got $500. Wait. <laughs> $500. Actually, a fully restored EM, if it's had the whole works treatment, is usually, well, if it comes out of my stable, it's minimum 3500 And that's yeah, not that even sense. a, and that's not even a, like I'm making money thing. That's a, if I have time to do it, because you're a friend kind of thing. And, that, and because it takes so much time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it really winds up being not worth my time to do them. As beautiful as they are, and I'd love to do it. I'd love to have a crew and just crank them out. But um, there's a if it were a business, I, they'd have to be like six, probably five thousand, six. Yeah, the price ranges. Yeah, it, right, exactly. And that's that would be, a, and that's his business, you know. But that's not my business. I, I really, I just want to have a little arcade and a little place where I can show and share my games and just do tournaments and have people enjoy them that's really my goal it's just and teach and teach the skills you know i want people to preserve know how to preserve these things so anyway um i don't really have anything else except uh that i am going to make a kind of announcement about my plans i do have a plan in place mm, I always that, have a plan. yes this this traveling kind of teaching and fixing thing that i do is going to get dialed down and um uh, because there's a something I'm going to be doing soon. It'll be after TPF, and I'll have a little announcement. It'll be, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, that's all I can say. But, okay. Uh, well, yeah. a, a tease, but we'll yeah, we'll, we'll accept it. It's only a few more months to go. That's all right. It'll be here before you know it. So quick. Mm-hmm. I'm really past this. Well, do you guys have a not necessarily top five, but 
what EMs in your mind? I know you haven't played everything, but that really pop out. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, uh, we've touched on several of them already. Yeah. Uh, Freedom Prototype was a was a major standout for me. I haven't had a chance to try Spanish Eyes, but because of scoreboard, I have a fondness for what middle pops I have played, even when they're not the best players overall. I think that element's really good, so I've always been attracted to that. Uh, I liked the Grand Prix as well that we had, yeah. we had uh, we had mentioned beforehand. Um, I. Mayfair, actually. I love Mayfair. Yeah, it's good. I, I, I like that one. I yeah. like the thing with the uh, where you've got the rotating target and then you've got the kickouts to mm-hmm. to, to attack it. That was actually that was one of the first the yeah. top ones on my list. I was thinking of was Mayfair. Yeah, so I played a lot one. of Mayfair up at uh, Penapalooza. Uh, and mm-hmm. I like uh, four million BC or is it forty million BC? Yeah, four million. Four I million forget BC. the yeah. number. He's yeah. how much yeah. does he like it? He can't yeah. even remember the yeah. name. Uh, four million BC. I really like it a little. I like I like the skill shot that they've got going for it. Uh-huh. I think the way the multi ball works is relatively clever. Um, even though it's a short flipper game, I think it, it overall it feels like I'm being productive on it. Mm-hmm. So those would be the ones that I would name. Okay, Tony. You got uh, I of course m- most of those would be on my list. Also, um, in addition to that, I know. Uh, with me, part of it, a lot of it's the aesthetic. I know Dennis is less aesthetic or oriented than I am. Um, I like Night Rider. I mean, Night Rider's fun. I, yeah, I, I, I like the I like the aesthetic. I like the semi truck thing going on. I don't know. I just like Night Rider. It's fun. It's got an aesthetic I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to remember the name of it. Fireball. Just, no, no. Uh, surfs up. Oh, now Surf Champ. Surf Champ. Surf, Surf Champ. Champ. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. actually had that on location for a while. I should have named Surf Champ as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Everyone Surf, loves Surf Champ. Yeah, Surf Champ, man. I, I like Surf Except Champ. That maybe is... Nick. I'm, 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 I... who cares yeah. what I think? More Gottlieb hate. Yeah, it's, the problem is the spinner doesn't go anywhere. It goes right into the pop bumper. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay. Uh, and this rollovers, you got to roll, roll, and the rollovery thing is okay. Eh. Well, regarding okay. the spinner, right. yeah. I want to, I want to give you a, a piece of advice. It's going to be very new to you. <laughs> Not every game is going to give you a spinner to rip. <laughs> you can just rip at will. But it just—it uh, is know, fun. It a is wise man you can rip it. it. It just doesn't go anywhere after that. It just sort of thunk. It's it like punishes no. you. It's, That's the. Is, there's a punishment. Mm-hmm. If you, it's like here's this juicy spinner. Now suffer. <laughs> well then why they, then instead of surf champ there should be like the guy in the back class is eaten by a shark you know like that's the oh the man sad, I'm, I'm surprised there's not a it's you know, a sequel you know. surf chump but. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm surprised there's not just a chum themed <laughs> pinball machine there's just bloody water and arms and uh, shark fins and stuff feed right into the, all those people who want jaws so bad jellyfish attack whatever <laughs> jellyfish <laughs> that's the knockoff it's, yeah. it's the same layout but a different yeah Chicago coin jellyfish yeah. they did that the Chicago coin <laughs> yeah. shoot for the urine yeah, yeah pick the thing away for those that don't know there's a it's, it's relevant <laughs> that's relevant it is you gotta pee on my foot, man. You gotta pee on my foot. <laughs> <laughs> but not with Man of War. They're See, that would be one of those quaint, but... yeah, Chicago coin tiles, like warm swimming pool. You just have every, <laughs> everybody looking at each other suspiciously. You know, what? Uh, okay. yeah, anyway. Well, 
we've reached our, our limit easily here, so I'm going to go ahead and cut, cut us off at this point. Uh, reminder, you can reach out to the podcast, uh, facebook.com slash Podcast, or email to us, eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. We're available at eclectic underscore gamers on both um, Twitter and Instagram. And thank you very much, Nick, for coming on the show. It we was my pleasure. Always fun it. hanging out with you guys. And uh, until just under two weeks, we will be back at that time. And so, goodbye. Have fun.